Hope it's as beautiful in Palmer as it is here in Pismo Beach, California. Don't mean to rub it in or anything. <laughs> Y'all look great. Y'all look, hey, Alaska's gorgeous, so. You too, thank you. It's a privilege. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I was planning on getting into that. I, I thought I would, uh, I know we have 30 minutes, so I thought I would recap just a couple things and then get into the, the passport thing. Yeah. Well, great to see everybody and appreciate this honor. We'll dive right in. And uh, I think most of you are aware that last session we covered the uh, origin of COVID-19 as a genetic modified bioweapon out of Wuhan. We'll go ahead and do some screen sharing. I know we went into, we started with the scripture of Revelation 13, 18, the heart of the mark of the beast. Let him that has wisdom count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 603 score and six. And I think we went into the detail of how that uh, is the origin of 666 and the last word of Kizi stigma that you see at the top, the word stigma specifically meaning uh, to inject uh, something in the human race for recognition of ownership, uh, a global identification numbering system without which people won't be able to buy or sell. Uh, of course, that's yet ahead of us under the reign of Antichrist and global government, world government. And so just some of the current events related to all of this and putting all the pieces of the puzzle uh, together. I think I mentioned uh, Peter's, uh, Peter Dazak, Fauci's project manager, inadvertently confessed to helping create COVID-19. And it was not something where he just came out under oath and said, yeah, I criminally helped create COVID-19. It was much more sinister than that. And I don't even know that he would consider it a crime. Uh, I think in some of these people's minds, they think they're doing good for humanity and it winds up backfiring. And I, I know maybe that's being too nice because I know there's a lot of corruption at the top, a lot of evil intent. Bioweapons are a real thing. They've been around. The Nazis had bioweapons. And even before then, uh, but this particular man, just to recap, because I think I touched on this, uh, is from Britain. He's the president of EcoHealth Alliance, and you can look him up. Um, and he went into his whole scenario. Here's a picture of him. Looks like a smart, intelligent, decent person. And he went into explaining how uh, the ability to genetically modify specifically coronaviruses, and he talked about how easy it is. Of course, he's speaking from uh, someone in this field. Um, but, you know, people question whether or not this kind of thing is even possible. And it's, it's um, all been around quite a while. It's just getting more advanced. Um, and then I think I touched on Bill Gates' mandatory implants for all and some of his patents working with MIT, ID 2020. And some of the patents involve uh, having digital tattoos, proving that people have 
received the mRNA shots. And so, you know, and I, again, I want to be fair how that, while I do not believe that shots, uh, or if you want to use the word vaccine, uh, even though these are not really, uh, these don't fit the traditional definition of vaccines, according to people like Dr. Sherry Tenpenny and Dell Bigtree, and you can look them up. Um, his website is thehighwire.com and hers is Dr. Tenpenny, and they go into why mRNA is a whole new animal. Uh, the genetic modification uh, with spike proteins being injected into uh, the cells that, you know, are having a lot of neg negative ramifications. But the point is that some of these patents like this particular one between uh, the Gates Foundation and MIT is supposedly to prove that a person has received their vaccine. Now, whether or not this technology is yet being rolled out, I don't know. But the fact that the patents are there certainly is troubling. And we talked about nanochips, microchips inside vaccines or the potential. And this doesn't mean that all vaccines have nanochips, smart dust, microchips in them. But the fact that, again, the technology is there, that there are patents. This particular one was on preventdisease.com. And I'm just recapping and some of you can go back and look at those videos. Uh, and again, feel free to take pictures of my slides, but I think all this is being uh, recorded. Some of this kind of technology is made by uh, companies such as Hitachi and nothing against Hitachi, but it's just showing how they're so small. It almost takes a microscope to even see these things, but that according to them, according to Hitachi, some of their technology even has GPS capabilities for tracking, uh, for contact tracing. And of course, I'm sure most of you know, contact tracing is the, uh, the rollout, the attempt uh, by some of these massive tech companies, uh, such as Google and Apple, uh, to incorporate applications in our smartphones. Uh, and again, it's all supposed to help us, right? All supposed to help keep us safe and all this. Uh, but the, the real-time tracking uh, with the ability to detect uh, symptoms and this kind of thing. And it really borders on uh, over-the-top creepiness, if you ask me. Um, and then I think we talked about cryptocurrency and Microsoft's patents on that. I know we talked about this because uh, you highlighted, Pastor Herring, how this particular uh, patent that Microsoft has ends, it's WO2020, and it ends in 060606. And what this is saying is a patent of technology where they would have the copyright on being able to use uh, people's minds to do the, the data mining for cryptocurrency. And again, remember, the Mark of the Beast is a system that is solely the platform. The foundation of the Mark of the Beast is Satan's control of the global economy to be able to control the buying and selling of humanity. And not that Satan cares about money. He doesn't because he's in a different dimension. He can't use money, but he knows he can control people uh, with that. And so that's getting much too close to me <laughs> in my mind to uh, what will become the mark of the beast, even though we're not in that system yet. And I'm not just trying to bash Bill Gates. I used to admire him for Microsoft and all this. But when you begin to study his history of, uh, you know, how his father was the head of Planned Parenthood and how Margaret Sanger was congratulated by Adolf Hitler for creating Planned Parenthood as a, uh, a method 
to help reduce the world's population. Of course, if you've ever listened to any of Bill Gates' speeches, he will interject at times that there's too many people in the world and we've got to find ways to reduce the world's population. It's almost hard to believe. You almost wonder, are his speeches being video shopped or something? But when you look at the original footage, you realize that he really does have this idea that we've got to reduce the world's population. So this, I think, is uh, where really the rubber meets the road. Klaus Schwab actually wrote a book. It came out in November. And the title of his book is COVID-19 is the Great Reset. And a lot of uh, conservative websites highlighted this. Of course, uh, you know, if you talk negatively about this, uh, you can be uh, banned. Uh, actually, I'm, I think I'm still in Facebook jail for 30 days for, just for talking about the book. All I did was uh, write a short paragraph about his book. And of course, uh, I'm bringing out the blueprint. And that's what this is. Uh, Klaus Schwab is a globalist. I don't think he's related to Charles Schwab that I know of. Uh, I mean, you never know, but that doesn't really matter whether they're related or not. In his book, he actually promotes that COVID-19 is an opportunity uh, to bring forth the fourth industrial revolution, leading to a fusion, get this, of our uh, digital, oops, I didn't mean to go forward yet, our physical, digital, and biological identity, which in his book he clarifies is implantable microchips in the brain that can read your thoughts. He actually promoted that COVID-19 is an opportunity to get humanity injected with these microchips. And of course, he's not the first one that thought of this. I mean, microchipping human beings has been around for 25 years. It's just getting more advanced. And uh, But he actually brought this out in his book. And even uh, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau repeated that and said COVID-19 is an opportunity for a reset. Now, that may sound like a good thing. There's Klaus Schwab there. He's a German engineer. I'm sure he's a very intelligent person. Uh, he's an economist. And that, you know, I see these keywords, economist, mark of the beast, uh, control of the global economy. But he's best known as he's the, actually the founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. So he's a very powerful individual. I'm not saying he's the Antichrist. He may be too old for that. I don't know, but uh, don't really know how old the Antichrist will be when he, when he comes to power. He'll definitely be a person of the revived Holy Roman Empire, possibly Russia, only God knows. But I think he definitely is on the list of potential candidates. And they, of course, they, they're, they're hailing him as the leader. So while COVID-19 is a real thing, you know, a, a uh, communist Chinese military bioweapon, um, which definitely even makes it more potent, like a virus on steroids. It's got at least five viruses genetically engineered into it. Uh, the rest of it is an opportunity for control. Remember, the globalist uh, slogan is never let a good crisis go to waste. And so the author of this article brought out, uh, talking about the book, how his blueprint is actually a method to take control of the globalist capitalist system in favor of greater technocrat rule and all the things that lead to global socialism, global communism, lower living standards, you know, less fuel consumption and all this, fewer civil liberties and the accelerated automation of jobs. But what then really got my attention going deeper into this is how he brings out in his book that the Great Reset 
or the fourth industrial revolution, as Schwab calls it, is, is to merge man with machine. So, and it's transhumanism. That's what transhumanism is, merging biology with technology. And while we're not against technology, you know, as God's people, we have to draw a line in the sand. And so they're, they're looking at him as, as their hero of how to move forward. And he's not the only one, but he's definitely one of the top leaders. And it was even on the cover of Time magazine. They, they promoted his book like a wonderful thing. And while Time was much more conservative, you know, 40 years ago before it was taken over by CNN, it's still a widely read publication. And uh, so here, so, so I get banned for talking about the Great Reset in a critical way. Uh, but of course, I'm sure that uh, you've got major publications like this saying, oh, this, this is the answer. This is what, how we should move forward. And they're, so they're using Klaus Schwab's book, again, as uh, an architectural blueprint for what we should do. But the problem is, it's all about this pyramid scheme with this globalist spider at the top, and we're all basically considered to be their uh, disposable minions at the bottom. Well, we know that's not how God sees us. God sees us as his children. So this has got to continually drive us closer to the Lord. Well, then you got DARPA, uh, DARPA working on and rolling out these uh, implantable microchips to detect viruses. And so you know, it's not just these genetic, these generic microchips that uh, can be programmed anyway. This was on 60 Minutes, and everybody knows who 60 Minutes is. And again, almost the same thing. Used to be a lot more conservative, but still, um, 60 Minutes is very well known. And this was uh, a retired colonel, Matt Hepburn, and some of these people could speak out more after they're retired. And while I'm pro-military. I think most uh, conservative patriots are. There's a lot of Christians in the military, but I've had a lot of U.S. soldiers come to me, you know, after my seminars and say, hey, I serve, I serve our country, and I always thank them for serving. I always appreciate our veterans and active du duty personnel, uh, but I've had a lot of them that are active that, that come to me kind of privately off to the side and say, you know, I want to serve our country. I love our country. But at times they do some good. But when you have this project, and they've, they've done similar things with trying to treat PTSD. You've heard me talk about some of the uh, uh, you know projects they're doing with microchipping soldiers in the brain. I'm sure that's with their knowledge and consent. Uh, and we all want to see our troops get help when, when PTSD. It's a real thing. We know that. But I don't think that uh, injecting this technology in the brain... And uh, even if they're onto something, stimulating the parts of the brain where those memories can activate uh, at times when you don't want them to, which is never. Uh, and you know, but but it just because you know if I didn't know the Bible, if I didn't know prophecy, if I wasn't a child of God, I might think, well, why not? Why should we be opposed to this? But I think it's again, it's just it goes without saying it's getting much too close. And there, this is a screenshot of, and I'm sure you could probably find the interview on 60 minutes, like on the internet, on YouTube or whatever. This is a screenshot of him holding up this vial of green tissue, like gel containing the chip, which is very complex. And I don't even claim to understand all the technology, but within this vial that he's holding up this little tiny thing that 
would be injected in a person contains everything that he's claiming uh, can detect symptoms of COVID in a person and all of this or any other virus, depending, I suppose, on how they would program it. They just happen to be using COVID as an excuse to roll out technology that they, they have been working on, no doubt, uh, for many years. Moderna chief officer, medical officer, admits that mRNA alters the DNA. And this is a guy by the name of Tal Zaks. This was on a lot of conservative news publications, um, not just this one, <laughs> but chief medical officer of Moderna. And this was a talk he did back in 2017. And he talked about it like it was a great thing. He calls it hacking the software of life. And this is what mRNA, one of the top guys claims can be done, but we're, we're labeled wild conspiracy theorists to say that mRNA injections that Moderna, uh, Pfizer, and AstraZeneca, and uh, some of the others are doing, uh, they say, well, you, you're just wrong, and you're a conspiracy theorist to say that it alters our DNA. But here we have one of the top guys of Moderna saying that, no, this, this is part of the technology. And he says, we've been living this phenomenal digital scientific revolution. And I'm telling you that I'm here to tell you that we are actually hacking the software of life, meaning our DNA. He's talking about in human beings because they've been doing it in animals for years, Moderna, genetic modifications. But this is Moderna's first uh, run at doing it in human beings. They've never produced a vaccine for people before. This is their first one. And he says it's changing the way we think about prevention and treatment of disease. And he went on and, and again said, this is our uh, operating system. Well, thanks, but no thanks. And there's Talzax. Again, seems like a, a smart guy, and I'm sure he believes in what he's doing. Um, but uh, I think that it brings to light that this isn't just crazy things that we thought of uh, just, just as a way to oppose it. But we're, we're taking their words. We're taking their publications, stuff that they're uh, talking about in their speeches. So people can call us whatever they want. And again, I'm not saying that you have to take all my opinions, hook, line, and sinker, do your own research, look up these articles, and uh, listen to their speeches. And I think basically uh, they bring it out uh, you know, in a way that uh, I, can't, I couldn't even explain it right now. But there's people that have tried to sound the alarm, people like Dr. Joseph Mercola, a very well-respected medical doctor who's written several books about the dangers of genetic genetically modifying viruses, uh, which is called gain-of-function research, which Fauci was recently questioned a little over a month ago uh, by Dr. Rand Paul, who's a physician. Ron Paul, that we interviewed several times when I uh, did radio, his son, Rand Paul, he's also a physician, senator in Kentucky. I think most of you know Rand Paul. You can look up his uh, Senate committee hearing that he did with Fauci under oath and Fauci, it was clear, was lying through his teeth when he said we did not authorize, we do not do gain-of-function research with the Wuhan lab of virology in China. But then he contradicted himself as Fauci continued to bring out uh, some of his associates and all the thousands of emails that now have come out uh, because of uh, Del Big Tree and the high wire. And finally, in the same interview, 
Uh, Fauci said, well, if we ever did gain a function research, it was in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Well, we know. And so that was his way of getting around it. But he basically then contradicted himself and came out and admitted that, yes, we are doing gain of function research. And you could tell he was visibly shaken and, and upset. Uh, but this is what Dr. Francis Boyle was saying all along, uh, that they've been doing gain of function research ever since uh, they were given a grant of $3.7 million by the Obama administration, uh, which the Obama administration at first denied their request for funding uh, from the White House to do gain-of-function research. But then uh, they, they said, well, if you'll transfer the research from North Carolina to Wuhan, and I think one of the reasons why they did that is, be, and this is my speculation, that uh, a lot of the United States laws, such as Dr. France's anti-bioweapons law that was signed in 1989 by Congress and former President Bush, if they did it in, in a country such as China, they wouldn't be subject to U.S. law against it. And we have laws against, uh, especially, I mean, we have bioweapons, our military has bioweapons, but we have laws against sharing that information, obviously, with uh, any country that could potentially be an enemy, which, you know, we know communist China is our top enemy, unfortunately. There's Dr. Mercola. You can look him up. And I think he's a Christian. Uh, he doesn't come right out and say it, but some of the things he says, you can tell that uh, he leans in the direction of, I know he probably has to dance through the, the tulips, I'm sure. Uh, did I mention Australian COVID vaccine was brought to a halt? This was back in December. It was in the Sydney Morning Herald, their largest newspaper. They couldn't ignore it that they were rolling out a massive billion-dollar uh, deal for the Morrison government with 50 million doses of a uh, COVID-19 uh, mRNA shot through the University of Queensland in partnership with a company that I'd never heard of called CSL. Uh, but they shut it down because they didn't listen to a prominent Australian vaccine scientist who warned the government about the presence of HIV in the vaccine, and uh, which, you know, we all know HIV is not the same thing as AIDS. HIV is the carrier of AIDS. So don't be overly alarmed, but it's still a concern. I know some people said, well, it was false positives, meaning that it's not active in a live HIV. Good. We don't want that. But just the very fact that there's even traces of it, they should have listened to this guy it would have saved them not only over a billion dollars, it would have saved them, the Australian government, a lot of embarrassment for having to shut it down because they were beginning to have a lot of people, Australians, Aussies, having adverse reactions uh, like we have seen uh, with blood clots. And that's why Johnson & Johnson had to shut their program down, uh, at least temporarily, and many other uh, situations. Now we're seeing a lot of people uh, going into cardiac arrest uh, unfortunately, and we don't want to see any of that. And of course, not to mention uh, people also having long-term effects that we haven't seen yet. And this is according to Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, that unfortunately, we're going to see people in the next five to 10 years uh, have autoimmune responses. And that's, that's when the body's own immune system attacks itself because there's a confusion that can happen and it doesn't mean that's going to happen in everybody. We're not sitting here saying or making any false claims or predictions. I'm telling you what these experts are saying. And, uh, you know, all we can do is uh, pray uh, that uh, these things 
don't happen because we don't want to see anybody suffer. Obviously, uh, we're God's people. And uh, I saw this on the European Medicines Agency, Eudora Village Vigilance. It is a European medical company that uh, monitors the worldwide data of how uh, drug reactions in general, but specifically this report, according to them, this is not my thoughts, this is uh, the European Medicines Agency put this out May 8th. So we're talking, you know, a little over what, uh, five, six weeks ago. And they said, according to their data so far, they've got uh, over 10,000 who have passed away from the various COVID-19 vaccines and uh, 405,000 injuries. And, you know, this is just the one screenshot of the summary. If you go to their website, they break it down of all the companies that we've already mentioned from Moderna to Pfizer to Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca, which AstraZeneca has now been banned uh, by at least 21 European countries because of the adverse reactions. So I just thought that we should bring that to your attention. But now this comes to Unfortunately, what we're seeing in Israel, and that is Benjamin Netanyahu rolling out this vaccine passport called the Green Pass. And uh, you mentioned this, Pastor Harry, and you know, as much as I've respected Benjamin Netanyahu for years, and no doubt he's been one of their best prime ministers, worked with several U.S. presidents as well as many other world leaders, but no doubt uh, worked very closely with the most pro-Israeli uh, president we've ever had, and that would be uh, former President Trump. Uh, being that he and Netanyahu worked together uh, to defy the United Nations in the sense of the United Nations considers Jerusalem an international city and will never and has never recognized that that is the capital of Israel. But the Trump administration worked with Netanyahu and made an official uh, presidential proclamation that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel as well as securing the Golan Heights for Israel uh, and moving our embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, fulfilling that 1995 U.S. law to do so. So, I mean, there was a lot that happened in Israel's favor when Israel had her best friend back, the United States, uh, the eagle of Daniel 7-4 and Revelation 12-14. But I don't know why Netanyahu's going down this road. And I know they had a lot of cases of COVID. I understand that. Uh, but unfortunately, they're trying to force uh, Israeli citizens to uh, take the COVID shots. And, you know, whatever a person thinks, it's their, like we said, it's, it, it's, it's not addressed in the Bible in terms of whether a person should get any sort of shot or not. I'm not here to judge anybody, I'm not here to look down my nose at anybody. That's not the point. Uh, the point of what I'm, even though I believe there are genuine health concerns, but the bigger picture, I'm like an astronaut in outer space saying, look, what you do is between you and God, your family, your doctor, and that's it. That's where it should stop. No government has the authority or the power to try to force you. So you've got all these Orthodox Jews in Israel that are suing the Netanyahu administration because of this. And while I don't like the International Criminal Court, that's who they've turned to. Now, where this is going to lead, I don't, I don't really know. And Pastor, you mentioned that uh, Benjamin Netanyahu will probably be out of there pretty soon. And I, I would have to concur with you. And I hate to see him leave on this uh, down note because that's, but what they're saying is this violates the Nuremberg Code. And of course, Israelis are basically being, uh, I think, strong-armed into getting these apps on their phones. 
that you, you, they can scan. And of course, it, they'll say, well, this is, you know, this is, we're making it convenient for you. Um, but you're going to have a lot of people out of work, not being able, that are opposed to it, not being able to buy and sell, not being able to travel in and out of Israel, go to other countries or come in. Uh, I think they're shooting themselves in their own foot because for many reasons, I mean, Israel depends heavily on international tourism and heavily from the United States. And so, of course, you're going to have a lot of people go along with this. But what about the millions of people that don't feel comfortable uh, having to show, uh, you know, a QR code or any sort of proof, such as a digital passport showing that they've gotten their shot? I mean, it is a violation of the Nuremberg Code. I won't read all this, but that came from Nuremberg, Germany, when the United States and our allies brought down uh, the Nazis. Well, what happened, as you know, in 1946 in Nuremberg, Germany, was the military tribunal where the United States and Britain and our allies, we prosecuted the Nazi government, but we prosecuted specifically a lot of their medical scientists for doing medical experiments on Jews, Germans, Polish, and I'm sure whoever else that they chose to do it to in this effort to bring about this evil idea of an Aryan race. And what the Nuremberg Code came out with is 10 specific points that I won't go into, but the biggest one is uh, you cannot, any country cannot perform medical experiments on any human being without their, uh, without their permission and knowledge. Well, that's what they were doing in these concentration camps. And even before that, even going back to the 30s, they were doing these medical experiments. And a lot of people didn't know what they were doing to them, but they just trusted, though, this is, this is a, a doctor and, you know, I can trust him. And we want to believe we can trust the medical system. So that's what the Nuremberg Code is. And this is no doubt to try to force it is a direct violation of the Nuremberg uh, code. So that's that's the, the the basis of these COVID passports. And we're seeing uh, an attempt to do this in Britain. And you've got some in the British government opposed to this, but you've got Tony Blair uh, saying, the former prime minister of England saying, hey, look, we need a COVID passport on an international level that all nations of the world agree to travel internationally you have to have this uh, digital passport to prove you've gotten your COVID uh, mRNA shot. And obviously that is without saying a major violation of the Nuremberg code as well. And uh, you know, then you have uh, one of the, uh, uh, in, well, this is my opinion, but uh, one of the best governors in the United States right now, Ron DeSantis, who passed an executive order in Florida banning uh, the attempt to pass vaccine passports. And again, what a person chooses to do is their business, but it's, it, he said, we're not going to force it on people. We, we, that, that's not who we are. That's not who America is. And that's not, uh, of course, his jurisdiction is Florida. Um, but uh, that, that's what he did. And, and I think that you're going to see more of this. I think a similar thing uh, was done or being done in, uh, in Texas by Governor Abbott. And I was getting concerned about Abbott uh, being myself, even though I'm in California right now, being a resident of Texas, uh, was, I was starting to see Abbott capitulate on some things. A lot of Texans were upset with him uh, because he went down the, the, uh, uh, the Wuhan bioweapon mouth covering communist mask. And 
So I was, I was getting a lot of people were upset with Abbott. And so he reversed it last month and passed an executive order that now from now on, no business in Texas uh, can force anybody coming in or out, whether it's a retail shop or any business, uh, you will be fined a thousand dollars spectrum. What people do, I don't get in people's faces, but uh, it's not the government's place to try to force it. But, uh, you know, they had to pass all this propaganda that this thing can just mysteriously be floating around in the air and they guilt trip society and put fear on society. And you, you can have it and not know it and you can be contagious and not know it. Well, I know this is a new bioweapon, but that's not how viruses work. You're going to feel some symptoms. And uh, even though I'm not an expert medical doctor, I've listened to thousands of hours of expert medical doctors. And those who understand that uh, this is, this is, that's, that's not how it works. It's not how it is. And uh, so a lot of propaganda was put out there in the media to try to convince the general public to do something we've never had to do before. And I don't, I don't address, I don't address the mask thing that often. There are times I put one on because you can't even fly now without wearing one. And there are some places, but uh, that's not even really my point. My point is that was the prelude to then lead up to the attempt. Uh, like Bill Gates said, we can't open up the world until we get all seven and a half billion people uh, with these shots. And so, you know, um, really to wrap this up, you're seeing some attempts in some places like, like New York, Governor Cuomo, wanting to get it passed uh, to be able to, uh, to bus students to vaccine centers without the consent of parents. We saw a similar thing here in California, and there's Cuomo there, obviously uh, a socialist, but uh, I'm seeing a lot of New York license plates in Texas and uh, I know a lot of them are relocating to Florida. Uh, I've been hearing that uh, New York City has been like a ghost town the last year and a half. And I know they're getting ready to celebrate opening up. And that's great. I celebrate with them. Uh, but to what end? But I know like in Orange County, uh, California, that uh, I can't remember her name, a human rights attorney appeared before the school board because they were trying to pass being able to uh, forcibly vaccinate uh, students in elementary school, middle school, high school without the parents' consent. And so this human rights attorney, a female, was given five minutes to speak. And she said, must I remind you of the Nuremberg Code and how that the United States government actually put several medical scientists, uh, sentenced them to death for the, violating the Nuremberg Code in 1946. And she was very bold. And of course, they tried to silence her pretty quickly. Um, but I'm just saying there are voices speaking out. There are lights uh, in the darkness. And uh, I'll wrap this up by saying that, uh, you know, like on Zero Hedge, uh, that uh, the vaccine passport system is modeled on the Chinese social credit score system. And if you've studied that, you know, this is something draconian medical tyranny that the communist Chinese are, have been doing and not just not just with COVID-19 but leading up to it uh, they have uh, almost a billion CCTV cameras set up with real-time facial recognition so it makes me feel sorry for Chinese citizens that they're under this hardcore communist system um, and they're using they're, they've used COVID even though China was only locked down for like three months and they 
you know, it's, it's, it's like they didn't want to stay locked down too long. So it was very hypocritical, very contradictory. And uh, I think we need to remember that there are people, you know, it's, I've been told uh, that there are, it's been estimated over 5 million oneness Pentecostals in China. So we need to pray for the people there because they've had a difficult time because the Chinese government has really tried to crack down on religion in general, not just Christians, but Muslims as well, even though Islam is a false religion. I don't believe in, in uh, physically uh, you know, rounding up. They've rounded up millions of Muslims in the northern part of China and literally uh, put them in concentration camps. Uh, that's, a, that's a real thing in China. Um, so having said that, my brothers and sisters, uh, this is something that I believe we we need to be aware of and you know we're peaceful god-fearing people uh we're non-violent uh, but we sometimes forget we have a voice we can speak out lovingly with the fruit of the spirit but that doesn't mean that we have to roll over and play dead we're not jellyfish either we have a backbone we have a spine that god gave us spiritually metaphysically and i think we ha- it always takes us back to the promises of god you know, and, and we have to be careful uh, not to judge each other. We, you may have a different opinion of someone else and vice versa. Let's remember we're God's people. We stand together. And uh, if, if you know a brother or sister in the church that uh, maybe shares a different point of view, that's okay. There's room in the family of God. And I think it takes us to the scripture, let every man work out his own salvation with fear and trembling. We know that's not talking about Acts 2.38. That's not talking about how to be born again. It's talking about issues that may not be clearly spelled out in scripture. Um, so we've got to stay united as God's people because the globalists have been trying to divide us and we got to stand for truth. I won't read the whole passage of Ephesians 6, 13 through 18, but it's, it's the whole armor of God, right? And it lays out everything, the tools that God has put in our arsenal to withstand in the evil day. And that definitely is our protection and i think that i want to end here as we go into uh q a some of you may have questions and i'm uh you know pastor may want to go ahead and and, uh, mc and facilitate any questions you might have but i think it comes down to standing firm as god's people i think we've seen christianity become really soft in these last days and i call it cotton candy christianity and i think the lord is is using a lot of this to wake us up, to help us realize that uh, all this has got to drive us to be on fire more than ever before and, and people of prayer. And let's remember that he, in fact, just like he was with the early church in the book of Acts, so also he's with us. So thank you. I may have gone past 30 minutes. I haven't even looked at the time, but thank you for being here tonight, listening, whether you're there in the beautiful, wonderful church in Palmer or you're watching online. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Herring. And uh, I think it's now time to transition into Q&A time. Appreciate all of you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end the screen share here. I see you perfectly clear. Yes, sir. Exactly. In fact, speaking of Georgia, 
you know, there's been an ongoing battle still. Um, many people don't realize that when you have election fraud legally, uh, there's a 22 month window after the fraud to contest it in as long as the states want to do that. And Georgia's still fighting it. And they just uncovered another 18,000 fraudulent ballots. So I don't, and, and then you got Maricopa County in Arizona. So I don't know. I don't want to let myself get false hopes raised, but I did hear from the, 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 my pillow guy, what's his name that, uh, there might be another attempt to go before the Supreme Court next month in July. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, you're right. And Georgia's Georgia's been uh, definitely sounding the alarm. Absolutely. I see several familiar faces, my friends. Good to see all of you. <laughs> Y'all are great. Oh, well, you're very kind and, and there's never any dumb question. You know, we're all learning together. I don't have all the answers. I'm learning every day. And uh, I think this is something that, uh, you know, I honestly, you know, I, this is what I do. And if you had asked me 10 years ago, would I think that a huge part of prophecy would be a man-made bioweapon I guess I would have said, well, it's certainly a possibility, but not on this scale. I wouldn't have thought that it would become one of the main focuses of the fulfillment of prophecy. And here we are watching it in living color uh, roll out. And, and, and did I mention in the last session that the Pentagon now is, uh, they know this and they've, they've put out, you know, sometimes they can say things without saying it. But in addition to the arrests that they've made, like Charles Lieber and Zhao Shangjiang, and Ping Zhao, uh, they have categorized genetically modified viruses, bioweapons as uh, one of the top threats for global warfare. And they've actually put bioweapons now in the same category with nuclear weapons. And uh, that's that came out. They declassified that four or five months ago. So I think that's another huge thing we can keep in mind. Did I make your brain spin in your skull? Hey, oh, it's my honor. I appreciate you all. And you know, my goal is not just to give you information, but again, to, because this is un the unique thing with the people of God is how we marry the word of God with current events. And, and because all of us know the Bible is supernatural. That's the beauty of it. And so the Bible that, highlights the things that will be coming to pass also give us tons of promises on how we can deal with it. And that, so that's the beauty because we know it takes me back. I remember Tim Pettigo wrote that song, either way we win. I've always loved that song. No matter what happens, no matter what we go through, as long as we cling to Jesus, we win no matter what. That's the good news. Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor Heron and everybody. Okay, let me, let me, I didn't realize, let me see if I can look at that. Oh, oh, okay. All right.
I'm sorry, I didn't hear it. Well, it certainly can. I'm not against cryptocurrency. Bitcoin definitely being the most influential, the biggest. There's dozens of cryptocurrencies. I have friends, many of them pastors, uh, who've invested in cryptocurrency. Uh, and a lot of Christians have invested. I don't think it's wrong. I don't, I don't think it's, but that's not really your question. Your question is, could it play a role in all of this global uh, economic warfare? And I think it can, it, and it may already be playing a role. Um, so I think it's something that if a person is into investing, you know, I try to invest, we're trying now to do more investing in biblically responsible companies. I don't really, honestly, I don't really know. There's a mystery behind Bitcoin. Uh, some people think Elon Musk was the founder of it, but I think they're purposely keeping all that a mystery uh, to keep people intrigued. But the big question is, uh, does it play a role? And I, I, while I can't say for sure, I think it's very possible that it will, because while some people think that for the mark of the beast to be rolled out, it has to wind up with the elimination of all cash. I don't necessarily subscribe to that theory because all Satan really has to do is to be able to control the global economy enough to where people have to line up in certain ways to be able to participate. And it's pretty simple. It's elementary to have money. You've got to work for a living, right? Of course, now that's getting easier for people to just live off the government, but traditionally you work for a living, you get your money, and then you pay your bills. You do what you want with your money, buy and sell. Um, but there are places that have outlawed cash. There are some cities in Spain and France that you can't even use cash anymore. And I know it's convenient, but as far as cryptocurrency, uh, I think increasingly, I think a couple of years ago, um, I wasn't so sure, but and again, while I can't say for sure, I, I'm increasingly feeling like there is, there is a surge of cryptocurrency becoming more depended on uh, by countries and by the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. And you know, you've got some countries creating their own. China right now is in the process of creating their own digital currency. And that's a big concern because they have a history of creating uh, you know, faux currencies. Uh, that's been, but now, I mean, we're seeing that on a global scale with, with these, uh, uh, you know, with the stimulus and I mean, when are they ever, ever going to stop putting out 2 trillion here and 2 trillion there at some point you create so much of a bubble of inflation that an economy crashes. But, uh, no, I think, I think it's highly likely that we're going to see cryptocurrency more and more because it used to be just kind of a side issue. Now it's becoming front and center. And uh, I haven't checked the latest price of one Bitcoin, but I know it's probably a lot more than what I have. Um, so it's, it's gaining influence. And I don't, I don't think that's going to just go away tomorrow. So it's definitely something to keep, to keep our eye on. Because it's a lot easier now that everything's digital. It's a lot easier to manipulate whether it be an individual or a nation, when you, it's a lot easier to control an economy when it's digital. Cash, 
you can put it under your mattress and, uh, you know, it's the honor system. But when everything's digital, it's a lot easier to track it and control it. Yeah. Well, exactly. We're in warp speed. So it's like compound interest. The deeper we go, the faster things are being fulfilled. And it's, it's, it's exactly. Yeah. You said it perfect. It's daily and it's, we're, we're, we're in warp speed. No doubt about it. Aren't you glad you're a child of God? That puts a monkey in their wrench or a wrench in their, a monkey in their wrench, whatever you say it. Yeah. There's stopple on the head. Yeah. Well, I know what you're referring to. I think that you're kind of merging two things together and I'm glad you raised this. Um, and I think some of that went to some of the things that Brother Baxter had expressed. And I remember we had talks about this. Um, you might be thinking where he said that uh, the Antichrist won't come from America because we're the Eagle. It doesn't mean you won't have players on the evil side and we can think of some of those players because the Bible does say, in addition to the main top dog, Antichrist, the beast of world government, there will also be many Antichrists. And I think that's in one of the, the Johns refers to that. So we've seen a lot of that through the years. Uh, and the United States has not always been a perfect angel. We know that. Um, but I think what you've probably heard, unless you heard something, and there's others. I mean, there's a lot of different prophecy teachers and perspectives out there. So everybody's entitled to their opinion. I think it, for the United States, it's going to be a mixture. And uh, I would like to think otherwise, but I would be naive to say that. And I think one of the reasons why the Lord has preserved America, not only is it Daniel 7, 4 and Revelation 12, 14, that uh, the eagle, we, the United States, carries is Israel. Israel is carried on two wings of a great eagle. And uh, even though we're in trouble right now with that, uh, I'm optimistic and I have faith that, you know, we're going to, that God's going to restore that. Um, and we're, you know, we're in this, we're in this roller coaster ride. We're in this yo-yo effect where we're coming out of world government with Trump. And now we're going back into world government uh, with the illegitimate uh, Biden and all this. But having said that, I don't see it that it's so cut and dry. Although, because we're the eagle, um, I think that ultimately, may, even though it may not seem like it right now, that, that America uh, will resist the new world order. And we were seeing that with, with Trump. And that's why they hated him, because he's again, he was against the new world order. He was against world government. But I don't think it all just hinged on him. I've you know, told a lot of people he was just one human being that God used although he wasn't perfect, but he was just one human being that God used for such a time as that. 
whether he gets back in there in 2024 or not, prophecy is going to be fulfilled. Um, but I don't see it so cut and dry that that America won't be affected by the mark of the beast. I think it's going to come down to personal choice. And uh, I th unfortunately, I think what you're going to see is, you know, we still have millions of Christians in this country. And that's Satan's biggest problem for America. That's why he can't completely destroy America. Um, and uh, we've, we've just got to keep pushing for global harvest, but harvest here in, in America, too. To, that's the only way we're going to get our country back, because this is a spiritual battle. At the end of the day, everything we've experienced for the last year and a half is 100% spiritual warfare. And, you know, we can't just totally solve it through elections and politics and because we've seen the mess um yeah we, we we've got to deal with this through a spiritual platform um but I, I unfortunately i just don't i don't see it as a uh cut and dry situation because people are people and uh unfortunately as much as we love america we've seen a lot of paganism and uh we've seen a lot of uh movements in this country that are frankly just against the bible but the early church faced the same thing i mean you look at a lot of these early churches and where they were whether it be corinth or greece i mean and just just the roman empire was there was stuff i can't even say that went on with these caesars and the, the pedophilia and the stuff they were involved in uh was and we're seeing a lot of that today but uh, I think, though, I, I like to end on a positive note, and that, that's going to cause the church to shine brighter as much as we hate the evil, as much as God hates the evil. We're a light in the darkness. So the darker culture becomes spiritually, the brighter the church becomes. And so the people that are looking for the sincere, honest hearts out there that are looking for hope are going to increasingly look to God's church for a place of safety and refuge. I appreciate the question. Right? Absolutely. I think it's both definitely literal in terms of being able to buy or sell. But, you know, God's always provided for his people as long as we're here. And I do believe we'll be here. But if you share a different opinion, that's OK. Um, but as long I mean, we are here. We're still here. And as long as we are here, again, the Lord's always provided for his people uh, through all difficult times, whether it be, you know, when the Hebrews were in slavery in Egypt, et cetera. You can think of many examples. Um, and he'll provide for us. <laughs> right. I'm not because it's not in the Bible. Yeah. And Jesus made it clear. No, I know. I know. We've had, <laughs> we've had these discussions. Yeah, I know. I know I'm in safe territory here. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, love you all. Thank you so much. Appreciate all of you. And Take care. Amen. In Jesus name. All right. Hey, bless you. We love you. Take care. Have some coffee for me.
All right. Fax me some of that food or whatever. Recording stopped.